0: You remember in school, those dreaded tests. If you are one of those people that said, oh, I enjoyed tests. First of all, you're nuts. (laughs) Secondly, I want to meet you so I can say, oh, you you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You remember when you took that test, and if you didn't, at least this was me. If I didn't know the, the answer to the first question, I was in trouble. I, I, I started panicking. And my heart started racing, and it was just one of those kind of things where, uh, you know, and, and, and I got to tell you, pop quizzes just did me in. You know, you'd walk in, and the teacher would say, oh, my goodness, you know, everybody take out a sheet of paper, and you knew, oh, I didn't even read the chapter i didn't like them at all and i asked someone one time i said do you believe that god tests us they said no and i turned to john or to genesis 22 in verse 1 and i showed them this passage sometime later god tested abraham you know the story. It's, it's where God has come to, to Abraham. Abraham has had all these promises made to him. He doesn't have any children. He has tried to bypass what God wants. He has had a son with Hagar, and he finally has a son in his old age. God comes to him and says, I want you to sacrifice your son." And so you sit there and you look at that and you say, oh my goodness, God tested him. Then you start looking around scripture and you see other examples. And the Bible says that sometimes testing comes in the form of trials and tribulations. We'll be talking about those in the next month. But we look around. Joseph was made prime minister of Egypt. But not until his brother sold him and faked, well, they faked his death and then sold him to the Midianites. Not until he was accused by Potiphar. Not until he met the butler and the baker. Not until he interpreted the dreams for Pharaoh. Poor Job. We read about Job. God allowed him, if you read the scripture, it says, God allowed him to be tested by Satan. Job lost everything. Can you imagine losing everything? Job lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his wealth. He almost lost his life. Job suffered. And as a teacher, and I taught school for several years, as a teacher, I understood testing. In spite of what some thought, it was not some diabolical, diabolical plea uh, you know, to, or, or plot to, 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 to get at students. I don't like you, therefore I'm going to you know, do this. Sometimes I think that's what they thought. But it was really to see if they understood the material that I had imparted to them. But I do understand the kind of testing that we're talking about or at least intellectually i do the answer jim if somebody came to me and said, jim do you understand testing i would have to say no like i said intellectually i do but i really don't understand the why of it all i've seen people who have suffered greatly And you have too, with one sad thing after another. So much that I wondered why it was happening to them. You may have been the one that has received that kind of test. And I want to say right here and now, before we go any further, that we need to make sure that we don't write Satan out of the equation we we got to understand, you remember when Job had all of his problems, Satan came to God and he said, you know, you built a hedge around him. And God says, you know, he's my faithful servant. And God allowed him, but it was Satan who did all those things. And I know sometimes we say, God tests you, but maybe we should say God allows you to be tested. Death of children under unusual circumstances. Illness, one right after another. Children losing parents while they still need them. Oh man, how many times have I heard of a spouse losing his or her spouse suddenly out of nowhere? And I could go on and on. And so could you. But one of the answers that I have found to this, and it sounds so glib, is that God is testing our faith. I I thought of a song, well, you know, maybe I should have had you sing it, you know. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Not all of those in the Bible whose faith was tested passed. Adam and Eve... God tested their faith, and they didn't pass, nor did Samson. But there's more to life than, well, life. And we are constantly reminded of this and constantly being tested for this. James says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test... That person will see the crown of life that the Lord promised to those who loved him. And Paul even said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who have longed for his appearing. Paul says, I passed the test. I, I, I've gone into this before. I've used this in funerals. That crown of righteousness. You know, we, we think it's the, the diadem. But if you look at it, there's, there are two words in the Greek language for crown. One is diadem. We get our word diadem. And the other is called stephanos. And that's a victor's crown. And if you go to the old Olympics... You'll see that they didn't win a crown of gold. They won a crown of leaves and a laurel that was put on their head. It's that word that's used in almost every passage that talks about that. It's the victor's crown. The psalmist says, For you have tested us, and you have refined us like silver. David asked God to search his heart. He says, if you find anything, he says, I want you to come into my heart and test me and try me and search my ways. Can you do that? Can you ask God to do that? Do you feel comfortable enough to be able to say, God, if you see anything in there, test me. David says, I have trusted the Lord and have not faltered. Test me, Lord, and try me. And examine my heart and my mind, for I have always been mindful of your unfailing love. And have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. It may be a difficult time that you're facing. But I'm asking you to say this what can I learn from this? Remember what Joseph said to his brothers after all of the stuff had happened, after everything had occurred and he had brought them back to Egypt. He said to them, you intended this for harm, but God intended it for good. And remember that God is always Always faithful. But sometimes God is silent. I think that this is the number one response I get when people are going through difficult times and struggling, and that is, where is God? Remember the story of King Hezekiah? I, one of the things that I do, I, I underline things in my Bible, especially in the, in the Old Testament, and, and especially when you're talking about the kings. It'll say, this king, uh, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. This king did good in the eyes of the Lord. And I found myself underlining, he did evil more than he did good. But Hezekiah is one of those kind of guys that did good in the eyes of the Lord. He did a lot of things. He restored Israel in many ways. He purified the temple. He restored the Passover. And he just made Israel a better place. But then he was about to become sick. He he was sick even to the point of death. And he prayed to God and God gave him more time. But Hezekiah was a proud man. And God gave him this miraculous sign, but he didn't respond to God's kindness the way that God wanted him to. But then again, he repented. It was one of those kind of guys that that sounds a lot like you and me. Not grateful, then repentance. But it was Hezekiah who channeled the water into Jerusalem. And you can still see his tunnel today. One-third of a mile through rock that protected Jerusalem's water source. It's called Hezekiah's Tunnel. But listen to this passage. It was Hezekiah who blocked the upper outlet of the Gihon Spring and channeled the water down to the west side of the city of David. And he succeeded in everything he undertook. But when envoys were sent by the rulers of Babylon to ask him about the miraculous sign that had occurred in the land, God left him to test him and to know everything that was in his heart. God left him. Oh, he didn't leave him in the sense that we think of sometimes. He just became silent. You may think that God isn't there when you're suffering. He may be silent, but he's always there. And he told us that he would never leave us. And that's where our faith comes in. Don't confuse silence with absence. James says, consider it pure joy, my brother and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And he says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything so instead of saying why me instead of saying why is this happening to me we need to be saying what can I learn from this what is God trying to teach me you want to be mature in your faith hang in there God may be silent but he's not absent Let our faith bring about the perseverance that brings about maturity. And let us resolve to learn from the experiences that we've had. Scars are very becoming in the Christian life. And when we get to heaven, we can compare our scars. This passage that Dale read earlier is so full of information for us. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us birth, new birth, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into, and I want you to see this, into an inheritance that never perishes. It can never perish, spoil or fade and if that doesn't tell us that this world is not our home if that doesn't tell us that this life is not it i don't know what else does he says this inheritance kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by god's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time And in all this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth of gold which perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise, glory, glory, In honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him. You love him. What's he saying there? He's saying you must have faith. Though you have not seen him. You love him. And even though you don't see him now. You believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith the salvation of your souls I guess my message today is this number one don't blame God when the troubles come but ask what, what you can learn from it but number two realize this world is not our home and all it will do will refine us and to make us better individuals and better for the kingdom. Our shepherds will be in the back here in just a moment, the ones that are here today. If you want to talk to one of them in a a private manner, you can do that. If you want to say something to this congregation, we'd love to, to help you do that. But this invitation is always open to you.